Father's house, our prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. Now let's join Pastor Odie. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 3. We're going to go to a couple different places in the scriptures today. Uh, We're also going to go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Joshua, chapter 3. Let's stand up for the reading of the word, can we? And then you'll get to sit. Uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim or Acacia Grove and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel, everybody say all the children. And they lodged there, and they waited They lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way which you must go. Verse 4 at the end, I want you to see this, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We ask that you add your blessing to it. We pray for a supernatural anointing upon it, God. God, let it speak to every one of us in this room this morning. And let let your word challenge us. Let it cause us to become the church you want us to become. We ask that you add your blessing to it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and the church says amen, and you may be seated. Thank you so much for honoring the reading of the word. Hallelujah. I really didn't know what to title this message. Uh, I didn't know if we want to we want to call it crossing over or transitioning, uh, getting ready. There's all kind of names uh, you can give it. But I want to ask you a question. What if you knew, what if you knew that 2018, just think about this for a moment. What if you knew that 2018 would be the best year of your life? What would you do? You know, you might be planning a party, right? You might be calling your friends, to let them know, hey, this is going to be the best year of my life. A lot of great things are going to happen, and it's all before you. But 
here's something I want to throw at you. What if you knew that 2018 was going to be the best year of your life? But what if it came with stipulations and it was dependent upon what you did? Then all of a sudden, you may not be calling your friends or planning a party. There actually could be some some fear slip in. Uh, Because you may think there's a possibility that I could miss this. This could be the greatest year of my life. But if I'm not obedient to God and... How many of those God's promises are conditional? Are you guys with me? If you're with me, shout amen. So what if the outcome was dependent? And, and you know, and, and of course this, this, this message can be spoken to us individually. Or it can be spoken to us corporately as well. But what if the outcome was dependent upon you? Well, can I tell you that it is? The sky is the limit as far as we want. And you know, and, and the thing about it is, when, 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 and we're going we're to get into the word here, and I'm going to teach you, and I feel, like, I feel like the Lord has really spoke some things to me concerning uh, the crossing over of the Jordan here. But, but when I was studying this word, I want to be honest with you, all of these a lot of these these proclamations that we made on last Sunday night and the things we're going to pray about for this upcoming year, a lot of those jumped out of this message at me. And I said, you know what? All of those things right there can happen, but it hinges up on us. God has never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changeth not. And God is ready to pour out his spirit upon his people. There's been many prophetic words spoken over this region. God is ready to fulfill them. But he's waiting for a people that will do what they need to do. How many of us, if we'll do what we need to do, I'm going to show you this. How many of us, we do what we need to do, God will do his part. We used to sing an old song years ago, and it said, I found that if we'll make one step, y'all remember that one? Anybody remember that one? What happens if we make one step? Come on, say it. If we make one step, he'll, wow. So all you got to do is make one, and he doubles it. Amen? Amen. What we have here in Joshua chapter 3, 3 million people, they faced a divine if. Look at your name and say if. Does anybody in this room feel like there's some things in your past that you've missed out on that should have been yours, but it it was because of you? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody ever felt that? If you've ever felt like you missed some things, but it's your fault, raise your hand. It's on you. 
You missed out. Three million people faced the divine if. They were about to experience the greatest moment in their history. But how would they face it? And what would their response be? They're standing here at the Jordan. Now, in Numbers chapter 13, we know that the spies had been sent out to spy out the land, right? And we know that two brought back a good report and the other ten brought back a bad report. A negative report. And actually the lamb was theirs for the taking. And Joshua and Caleb said, let's take it now. But then there's others that says, no, we can't do it because there's giants in the land. The sons of Anak are there and they gave a bad report. And so therefore, they, didn't, they, they weren't able to take the land. So here's the deal. This was the land that God had promised. It was called the land of promise. It was their inheritance. Ten were filled with fear and said, what if? So God got angry with that generation because they did not believe his promise. They did not obey God's voice and they lost 40 years. Now after 40 years, they're standing again on the border of their dreams being fulfilled. Behind them was the wilderness and the graves of their forefathers, their parents, their disobedient parents. Come on. But in front of them was the land of milk and honey. So uh, do we look behind us or do we look in front of us? Oh, is anybody with us? Come on, you got to help your pastor preach. So in front of them was the land of promise, but also in front of them was the Jordan River. Now, it was usually about 100 feet wide, but now it was the time of the spring harvest and the river had overflowed its banks. So at this time, it was about a mile wide. It's quite different than 100 feet, right? Many places here in southeastern Kentucky, the Cumberland is probably about 100 feet wide. But how many's ever seen a river a mile wide? Who's seen the Mississippi? Who's seen that river that feeds uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago, I was working in upstate New York, and I took the opportunity on the weekend to drive up to, to uh, Cumberland Falls, yeah, from upstate New York. From upstate New York, I drove up to uh, Niagara. I couldn't think of it. Niagara Falls. And it was quite amazing if you've ever been there. And I'm, I'm, I'm driving in, and all of a sudden, you go across this bridge, and you're looking at this big river, and you're like, it just dawns on you. That's the river that's going over the falls. And this thing is so huge and so wide. But here, Tommy, we're looking at a river The scripture says a mile wide. So they're sitting there on the banks of the river. On the other side of the river is their promise. And it doesn't look easy to get over there. But on the other side, somebody help me. There's a land of milk and honey There's a land of blessings. 
It's the promised land. How many is believing God for some promises? Can I tell you that on the other side of that river, there's some promises waiting for you? There's healings. There's deliverances. Amen. Come on, somebody shout amen. But here's the deal. It was about a mile wide. Not the perfect time to walk over. Seems God was making this a great test of faith. A good land. But also a frightening land. So they're placed on the bank of the Jordan at flood stage. You know, it, 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 does it seem like, Brandon, at times God puts people in situations where it's seemingly impossible for them to make it or succeed without his intervention? That's why I heated the furnace seven times hotter. That's why I waited four days to come to Lazarus. That's why I reduced Gideon's army to 300. Are you guys with me? God puts us in, you gotta, he puts us in a place where we got to have faith and he tests us. Can somebody shout amen? So three million people were not going to cross the Jordan at flood stage. And I believe there's been prophetic words over this region, but the out, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you right now, the outpouring that we're believing for God is waiting for us, and he's going to do what he said he would do. Somebody shout amen. So verse 1 says, they came to Jordan, all the children, he and all the children, and they lodged, they waited. Everybody say waited. So we're on a threshold, and we're, we're I feel like right now that, that, that our church, 2018, is a threshold. Amen. How many believe there's good things ahead of us? If you believe there's somebody, shout amen. If you think there's good. How many believe there's more blessings ahead of us than what's behind us? Do you believe that? How many believe that? I'm just going to make a proclamation that 2018 is going to be your best year ever. Come on, I'm believing that 2018 is going to be a blessed year. I was listening to Dutch Sheets the other day, and he was talking about what he felt. Hey, uh, I'm, there's things happening in the spirit realm and God is lining some things up and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a great hour for the church as a whole. Yeah. Amen? But they were here at this place to cross over. Everybody say the word crossover. When God said to cross over, he's not just talking about from point A to point B. you got to see this. Study the word in the Hebrew. When God's talking about crossing over, he's not just talking about from point A to point B. What he's talking about is from, oh, you got to see this. I'm, some of this I'm going to teach you this morning. But what he's saying here is what it means, Dwayne, is from the known to the unknown. Now, we're comfortable in the known. Sometimes, the, look at that river. I know God said there's promises over there, but I'm not really totally sure about this. So God left them on the banks for three days. He let them look at the river. 
out of its banks. Unknown. Somebody shout unknown. In verse 2 it says, It came to pass after three days that the officers went through the hosts, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, of the Lord God and the priests and Levites burnt, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Now the ark of the covenant, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but the ark of the covenant was, as we well know, is, is, a, is a symbolic of God's, God's spirit, God's light, God's glory, God's presence. Everybody say presence. And so what he's saying is that when you see the presence of the Lord, when you see the Spirit of the Lord, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are called the sons of God. When you see the presence of the Lord, you shall remove from your place and go after it. Everybody say, your place. So what that means is, it's not about us, it's about what he wants to do. You got to remove from, I have to remove from what Odie wants, I have to remove, come on, Blake, we have to remove from what we want and go after the Spirit of God and see what God, so he's saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, remove from your place, your place, and go after it. Now, listen, look at verse 4, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, come not, come not near unto it that you may know the way you must go, for you've not passed this way before. Now he says, the river's a mile wide. He says, let the Ark of the Covenant be out in front of you. Do you see how far there it is? You know how, how far that is? That's actually a half a mile. It's one half mile. Now, you got to see this. Come here, pastors, just for a second. Help me. The priests, the Levites, are bearing the ark. Okay? And he says, here's how far you let them get out in front. With me? Face that way. Now, the purpose of that was, if you get too close, the ark of the covenant is in front and you can't see the Ark of the Covenant, but the purpose was, and this is a word for the church, the purpose was is so everybody could see the Ark of the Covenant. It's not just about the leaders. Leaders leaders have to be able to, to follow the Spirit of the Lord, as we do, Right? We have to be able to follow the Spirit of the Lord, and we lead, and, and the church follows, but the church better be able to see the Spirit of the Lord too. Don't be totally dependent upon... You got to hear a, hear a revelation from God, and you got to get a word from God. Amen? And, 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 and you're not up here to where you... You're like this, you know, Brandon's a pretty big guy, and if you're behind him, you may not see what's in front of him. But when you get back here, we can see, are you with me? I don't know if you're seeing that or not, but there was a purpose. Don't let it get out of your sight, but then again, let it be out far enough where everybody, we're talking about three million people. 
Let it get out there far enough so everybody can see it. And everybody, okay, everybody in this room needs to be able to see the Spirit of the Lord working in your life and what God wants you to do. Not just totally dependent. I know it's important. I I mean, as your pastors, it's important for us to follow God's Spirit. It's important for us to teach you the Word. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. But the thing is, you got to get revelation. You got to get on your knees and pray. You got to get in the Word of God for yourself. And you need to be able to see and hear from God for yourself and not just leaders, not just pastors and elders and deacons, but everybody, everybody. Somebody shout everybody. Are you with me? If you're with me, shout amen. Thank you, pastors. Somebody say amen. Now, God says, when you're crossing over, remember. Somebody say remember. Come on, say it again. Say remember. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 real quick. You know, the thing about it is, if you can't, I'm going to tell you right now, listen. Everybody look at me. If you can't see the presence of God working in your life, the rivers of the Jordan will fill your life with fear. And you will not be able to function. Amen? Are you with me? Now, one more time, shout, remember. Look at what Deuteronomy 8 All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess. Everybody say possess. Possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. Keep going. And thou shalt remember. Everybody one more time shout remember. You know what what the word Hebrew, the Hebrew word, what it means, Danny, it means highlight. It means highlight or point out. How many knows we need, sometimes we need to remember the things that God has done for us? Amen? How many say God done some great things for you in 2017? Can you say that? Somebody shout amen if God done some great things for you in 2017. So he says, look what it, look, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord our God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to what was in thine heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. I mean, sometimes God lets the need be there so he can meet it. And he fed you with manna, which you did not, which, which you knew not. You know what manna means? Do you might know what manna means? It means what is it? What is this? What are you doing, God? Oh, come on. Are you all with me? I know I'm not jumping the pews this morning, but I'm teaching you the word. Neither did your fathers know that he might make them know that the man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Uh Uh-oh. Remember. Everybody shout, remember. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did your feet. How many's ever stood on their feet all day long? How many's got a job where you stand on your feet all day long? How many can say you stood on feet once you get a certain age all day long and you go home and most of the time your feet are swollen? Am I telling you the truth? 
You have to wear special shoes, right? You know, James and I were working at the gym this week, and James is 19. He comes home, he said, my feet are killing me. And he's, I mean, you know, it's just, it's concrete, right? And your feet swell. I, I never really noticed that before. Did you see that? Their feet didn't swell. 40 years of walking in the wilderness and their feet didn't swell. I think it's a pretty big deal. How many like to be able to walk around for 40 years and your feet never swell? I know it sounds kind of funny, but... Amen. Your feet don't hurt. You don't need any ibuprofen. Keep going. Thou shalt also consider in the heart that is a man chasing his son, so the Lord thy God chasten thee. Therefore shall... You shall keep the command of the Lord to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into, everybody say it. Come on, say it. A good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. So here's in Deuteronomy, he's saying, remember where I brought you from. Now you're standing here at the banks. Now, provision. One of our ten, somebody shout provision. So you look at the past. Moses said, remember, God led you 40 years to humble us. You know, they're wandering around the desert, one miracle after another, Red Sea, supernaturally led by God, a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud. When the cloud would move, the people would move. God sustained them. Close. Somebody shout close. Look, did you put Deuteronomy 29.5 up there? So God was caring for his people. In judgment, they were in judgment for unbelief, but in his grace, he was still providing for them. Else they would have perished. Food. Somebody shout food. I've done some study. It would have taken 1,500 tons of food per day. Three million people. 1,500 tons of food per day. It, it would fill two trains, two, two one-mile-long trains. Is that a unit train? Is that right, Tommy? Here comes two unit trains full of, coal, full of food. At $1 per person, the cost of food would be $9 million per day. Uh-oh. Look out. Firewood. Had to cook the food, right? They didn't turn on the electric stove in the wilderness. Or the gas, for that matter. They had to cook the food. 400 tons of firewood to cook the food. Water. How many drinks a lot of water? 11 million gallons each day just to drink and wash dishes. A lot of water, right? Two miles of freight trains. God didn't use trains. He dropped it out of the sky. Water came from a rock. Are y'all hearing me? God says, remember, when you're standing there, and, you, and, and the point I'm trying to make here, when you're standing there ready to cross that Jordan River, God says, remember what I did for you in the wilderness. Now, you individually, when you're standing where you are, and you're thinking about whether or not you, think about what God has done for you. Think about the times he's fed you. Think about the times he's paid a bill for you. Think about the times that he's healed you. 
Can we remember? Can anybody highlight? You know, right now, can we give God praise for anything that he's ever done for us? Oh, come on. Somebody give him a shout of praise, God. He's a good God. You know what he said? He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And all of a sudden, we get to this place and we think, oh, gosh, what are we going to do? God's still in control and he don't change. Somebody shout, he don't change. So they're standing at the bank. And their hearts are flooded with fear. Behind them was the memory of God. You know what I want you to do? What I'd like for you to do. Go home. Write down ten things that God has provided for you in this past year. Write down ten things that God has done for you in this past year. And if you can't come up with ten... I don't think you know your father. And when you get ready to pray, you pull out those 10 things. Oh, this is so good. When you get ready to pray over these 10 proclamations, first of all, you look at those 10 things that God has done for you. And then you start praying over those. Amen. How many can say, how many many believes God's done at least 10 things for you in 2017? How many can say God's done more than 10 things for you in 2017? Oh, I feel like we need to praise him again. Come on, we need to praise him. Come on. Come on. You know what? I would, can, we take, can we pause right in the middle of this sermon and stand on our feet and give God praise for what he's done for us this past year? Come on. Can we get, have you done that yet? Have you, have you given God praise? Come on, will somebody give God praise? Yeah. And all the time while you're praising God... Buddy, for what he's done in this past year, come on, can we start believing God for what's on the other side of the river for 2018? Oh, it looks wide, Pastor. I don't care. God's a big God. God's a big God. Somebody, Somebody shout, he's a big God. All right, you can sit down. Look what the word says. Take up the ark. Let's read. Take up the ark. They took up the ark and went before the people. Verse 7, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day I will begin to magnify in the sight of all Israel, that they may know I was with, as I was, I'm going to be with you as I was with Moses. Verse 8, I'm back in Joshua 3. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark, saying, When you come to the brink of the water, you shall stand still in Jordan. Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Now, notice this. I want you to see verse 10. You guys get ready to come on up in just a second. Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God, somebody shout the living God. The living God is among you and that, that he, without fail, Jesus. I'm about to have a moment. Because I don't know about you. Because I want to see some things change in my life in 2018. How many want to see some enemies driven out? I'm talking about some spiritual enemies in your life. How many say you've battled some enemies and you'd like to see them gone? How many say you've had some enemies that's been some distractions for you spiritually and you'd like to see them driven out? 
Come on, is anybody, is it, can anybody shout amen? You've got some enemies you want to see driven out. How many like to see pride driven out? How many like to see envy driven out? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to preach now. I've been trying to teach you the word. How many like to see strife driven out? How many like to see fear driven out? How many like to see lust driven out? Come on, if you're not, if you're too ashamed to clap for you, clap for somebody else. How many knows a lot of people dealing, dealing with these issues in the flesh? How many like to see them driven out? They're standing, Ryan, they're standing at the bank. God's saying, remember what I did for you. Now he's saying, look what I'm getting ready to do. You shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail. Can anybody in this room ever tell me a time that God has failed? Can anybody ever tell me a time that God has failed you? You just don't know, Pastor, that what that my boss has failed me, my pastor's failed me, my family's failed me. Those are people. God will never fail you. We got to get our eyes off of people and get our eyes on God. Without fail, he says, without fail, he will drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gershites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. You want to throw any otherites in there? How about the Brokeites, the Prideites, the Povertyites, the Addictionites, the Depressionites, the Fearites, the Sickites, the Brokeites? The anxietyites, I'm gonna say it again, the fearites, the depressionites, just whatever it is, write a night next to it. I don't care what it is, what what the purpose of what it's saying here is that whatever it is that's that's hindering you, if you will allow God, He will drive it out. He's trying to say, look, I was with you. I, I sent two trains of food to you every day. I sent two trains of water to you every day. Your feet didn't swell. And I, could, I can go show you another scripture in there. It says that their, their, their clothes, actually, they didn't wear out. Their shoes, the Bible says their shoes didn't wear out. Boy, you parents would like to have that, wouldn't you? These ladies would like to have that. The shoes never wear You never have to buy more shoes. Or how about the kids when you have to buy the $150, whatever, what's, what are they now? How much are the tennis? We bought James some of those chucks for Christmas, and we grew up, we bought those things for about $9.95 at Hensley Shoe Store. You might remember Hensley Shoe Store? Converse All-Star, Chuck Taylor's most popular shoe in the world. What are they now? 60 bucks. 60 bucks for a pair of chucks. Their shoes grew it. They never wore out. 40 years. God's saying, I never failed you. And what he's saying is, I know you're standing here at this river, but I'm going to, don't worry about what's on the other side because I'm going to drive out everything so you can possess the land. Are you with me? Somebody shout amen. Amen. 
Look what it says. Verse 11. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes before you. You know what? You know what? And I, I, actually, I actually wrote it in my Bible. Right here. At least I wrote right here in my Bible. It's written right here. It's been written there a good while. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Amen? Nothing, right? No fear. Somebody shout no fear. Come on, say it again. Shout no fear. All right, where are we? Now, therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe of men that shall come to pass as soon as the soles of their feet, the priests, by the ark of the Lord, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. Now, here it is, what we say earlier. I found out if I take one step. God is saying to the priests, you step in the water and I'll heap it up. I think sometimes too often we're saying, God, you heap up the water and I'll step in. When God is saying, you step in, I'll take care of the water. God, move the water and I'll step in. God's saying, you step in, I'll move the water. And we got this thing going back and forth. And we're waiting on God and he's waiting on us. Somebody shout amen. amen. It's the truth, right? So, and it came to pass, verse 14. When the people were moved from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests burned the ark, that's when God moved. When the people... Come on, you got to get out of your tent. Amen? I hope somebody receives that. And as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, the Jordan overflows all its banks at the time of harvest, a mile, a mile wide. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up on a heap from the city of Adams, Zaratan, all the way toward the sea. And the priests... Verse 17, the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground, and all the people were passed clean over. Now, you got to see this, and I'm about to close. You guys come on up to the music. Come on, somebody, somebody come on up. Get ready to play. Come on up. Can I give you a couple more thoughts? This is our part. Somebody say our part. You know, it's not, I got to say this again, it's not enough for us to, to see God through the eyes of somebody else. We got to see, we got to see God through our own eyes. Right? What happened when, what happened to Peter when he took his eyes off Jesus? He sunk, right? And if we, if we don't see God for ourselves again, the waters of the raging Jordan will bring fear in our lives. Amen. So the priests were told to, to go ahead of the people, and I want you don't miss this, don't miss this point, but not to go to the other side. They stood in the middle of the Jordan until all the people passed over, and then the ark came behind them. You know what God was saying? Liz, you know what God was saying? And, and you, you guys got to get this. You got to receive this from the Lord this morning. God was saying, I'm going before you, 
as your captain. I'm going to stay with you in the middle. Emmanuel. God with us. And then I'm going to come up from behind you. I don't know if you're getting that or not. I'm going to go in front of you. I'm going to let you pass over. I'll be with you in the middle of it. And then when you get on the other side, I'm going to come up behind you. Amen? Somebody say he never changes. Isaiah 43 and 2. He says, fear not, for I'll be with you when you pass through the waters. Right? Anything you go through, God's going to be with you. And I'm speaking that. I'm speaking that over you. Somebody receive that. Now, there's a couple thoughts I want to make real quickly. We got, we got a few minutes. Personal inventory. Somebody say personal inventory. I want you to back all the way up to verse 5. And we're going to close here. Maybe. Look at verse 5. Joshua said, sanctify yourselves. Everybody say sanctify. You know what sanctify means? I mean, set apart. So he was commanding them to prepare their hearts. So this is the most important part of the, of the message. Don't miss this part. I know we're at the end. So don't, don't, don't check out. Don't go to KFC just yet. He says, I'm going to take you over, but he's commanding them to prepare their hearts to get ready. And Pastor Justin, he, he hit it earlier on in service. We need to spiritually confess our sins, put away our idols. How about this? Put away the bad habits that you formed in the wilderness. Amen? Examine your life. Is everything right between you and God? God wants to do great things. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, he's not going to do it if we're not prepared to receive it. And he's not going to do it if we have sin in our lives. Amen? Sanctify. Somebody say it again and say sanctify. One more time, sanctify. You know, used to, years ago, in the traditional Pentecostal church doors, we'd hear people stand up when we'd have testimony service. Thank God for saving me, sanctifying me, and filling me with the good, sweet Holy Ghost, right? And I'll never forget as a child, I thought, what does that sanctify mean? What does that mean? It doesn't mean you're holier than somebody else. It means, God, I'm setting myself apart from anything that's unlike you. Anything that don't need to be in my heart. Say amen. Somebody shout amen. Now, one, one, there was, so one thing, sanctify. One other thing, verse 14. And it came to pass when the people removed from the tents to pass over Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the Lord. Somebody shout obedience. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Before God heaped up the waters, I'm going to say it one more time, the priest had to be in the water before God will part the waters. Obedience preceded the miracle. How many believe it was a miracle that God allowed them to cross? And the thing about it is, 
you know, he had already done that, Dwayne, with the Red Sea. He started out with the Red Sea. Now he's doing it again. You know what? He who has begun a good work in you is going He's going to finish it, right? He said, I did this when you came out. Now I'm doing it, taking you in. So God performed a miracle, Gina, when he brought us out. Now he's wanting to perform a miracle to take us in. He didn't bring you out not to take you in. Some people think, well, hallelujah, God brought me out, but I'm just hanging out. No, God brought you out to take you in. Amen? Somebody shout amen. So obedience. Again, God's saying, put your feet in, now part the water. What did, what, did, what, did, what did Jesus, what did Mary say about Jesus? He said, whatsoever he says, do you do it? Now, how many believe that they hadn't filled the water pots with wine and it would have turned in, or water, it wouldn't have turned into wine? Whatever he says, do you do it? He's filled up the water pots. He filled them up, they turned into wine. There's a part. You guys can see that. Are you with me? Shout Amen. Amen. So God, how many is glad God's a start over God? I'm going to close with this. I really am, I promise. I'm done. But I'm going to ask you again. How many is glad God's a start over God? How many believe there's actually a reason we have a 24-hour day? There's 24 hours in the day. There's seven days in a week. There's 30 days in a month or whatever, 30, 31, depending on 29, leap year. 365 days in a year. Once a year, we come back to the starting point and start over. I believe he put this in place because he's a start over God. Somebody say, thank, thank the Lord. Jesus came so we could start over. So let's receive that going into 2018 and say, okay, you know what? You know, Tommy, what would it be like? And I was thinking about you when I was friends. You know, Tommy's a, as you guys know, Tommy's an avid golfer. How many times, Tommy, have you hit the ball off the tee and thought, wow, I wish I could hit that one again? (laughs) What do they call it? Amen. How many's ever watching a football game and the quarterback throws a pass and you'll hear the announcer say, Boy, I wish he wish he had that one back. Maybe it ends up being an interception. How many times have you said something? Wish I could take that back. How many times have you done something? See, the Spirit will convict you, but God never condemns. And then later on, the enemy comes to condemn. And you say, wow, I wish I'd never done that. I wish I'd never saw that. I wish I'd never watched that. Just like Tommy hitting that golf ball. And it veers out off the course. And it's in the wooded area or it's in the sand trap. Tommy says, Mulligan. But eventually Tommy's going to hit one. 
Greg, and it's going to go right down the fairway. And it's one shot from the green. How do you know that? So I've watched him golf. I've caddied for him. When we were in West Virginia. Sometimes two shots, he's on the green, Mark. So what I'm saying is, God, is, his mercy is new every day. And so God is a start over God. Thank God. And you may feel like you've knocked it over in here or knocked it over in there. You feel like it's in the water, it's in the river, it's in the lake, it's in the sand trap. Guess what? I mean, some of y'all may seem like this is weird, but tee it up and hit it again. I said tee it up and hit it again. And you're going to get this thing right. And I'm believing that 2018, a lot of people is going to get some things right. Amen. Can we give, can we give God praise one more time? And you're going to cross the river and you're going to be able to walk into the land that God would have you to walk into. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about Our Father's House and upcoming events, log on to ourfathershouseky.org.